Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. For more resources like this, check out trptampa.com. I asked the Lord this morning uh, what He wanted to share with you today, with us today as a family. And I do that because I want to know what He's saying. Amen? I, there is truth that's timeless, and then there's revelation that's timely. That's a good word. There's truth that's timeless and there's revelation that's timely. What am I saying? I'm saying a word spoken in season is refreshing. Meaning you need to know these things right now. There's timeless truths that we could share and that would be good. I mean, we can teach from the Bible and that would be good. But the better thing is the word spoken in season. The thing at the right time. And so I endeavor, I labor over this. This is one of the pursuits of my life, to hear the Lord and to share with you what I believe the Lord is saying to our body. That's why we take time for the Word on Sundays. That's why we take time for these things. It's the Word and the Spirit. We need both to be healthy and balanced and mature. Amen? If all you do is eat bread and you never wash it down with nothing, you're going to be crabby. You're going to have indigestion problems. You're gonna be, it's going to not be fun for you. But if, only, if you only drink wine and you never eat anything, you're going to get a little weird in not a good way, like your theology might get a little wacky, and you don't even care about the Bible, right? We need the bread and the wine, a fat and happy bride, fat and happy, bread and wine. Sorry for all you keto people. The Lord saith, <laughs> gluten-free. Ah, man, I don't know. We have gluten-free communion. It bothers me every week. I'll tell you. Don't be sorry. Nobody get upset or condemned. I'm just thinking, my thought is, if we were real professional Christians, it would heal you of that gluten allergy when you took communion. (laughs) I get it. I get it. You have to connect with culture in order to change it. You can't just hope to come into a culture and not speak their language. And talk to them. Paul did this. He became all things to all people. So our modus operandi at the rest of us is to become what you need. So that we might win some. Amen? We come off the mountain and get you, pull you up. We don't command you to come up here. We don't command you to climb the mountain. We come down the mountain and serve you all the way up. That's what my team does. We fight for the bottom. We become support systems. Amen? Amen. So, I asked the Lord, what, what today? And I got a text. It led me to a scripture, led me to another scripture. I followed what I call the breadcrumbs. I follow the breadcrumbs until I find the whole loaf. And I'm like, oh, there it is. You know? And I think I found it. So, today, in speaking of the Christmas story and, and the season we're in, I love the Christmas story. I hope that you, over the last few weeks, if you've been coming, the Christmas story has become fresh to you again, that it's, maybe you've, it's become wonderful, full of wonder, and that's good. My hope is that it would become full of awe, that you would have an awful Christmas. I mean those words, an awe-filled. I don't want it to be awesome. I don't want some awe of the Lord coming as a child, God fitting inside a baby. If we only have some, we say, that's awesome. We're missing it. It needs to be like, what? 
hearts are filled. Amen? Just turn to your neighbor and say, may your Christmas be all filled. <laughs> you're scared. You're nervous for a minute. You're like, you're going to make it say awful. You can say the other one if you're brave. Amen. Or if you know the person. If you know the person. If, you, if they know you, you know them. So I hope that's happened. But I find in this story a very, um, an amazing picture of new covenant praise because and it happens in the shepherd's field with the angels i actually have been there multiple times and i can tell you that when a host a mighty host of angels picks picks a spot to sing it changes something all right it charges the atmosphere i can tell you now almost two thousand years later it's still electric over there all right i'm going in february again if you want to come you can come with me ask me after globalcelebration.com is who we go with so, seriously, I, every time I've been there, it's just like, the air is like, it's crazy. It's like no other place I've ever been, okay? The only thing close was Shiloh. I went to Shiloh in uh, the wilderness of Israel, and it, they have found where the Ark of the Covenant stood for 30 years in the wilderness, and you can walk right up to the edge of it. There, there it's similar. It's also like, that one's more, and the angels feels like, that's the only difference. So... <laughs> You just have to come with me and know what I'm saying. I'll find out what I'm talking about. This amazing moment happens where the angels declare great news or good news of great joy to the shepherds, right? And it's an incredible encounter. But I actually see it as prophesied by the final book in Psalms. Follow me. The book of Psalms is kind of like a worship leaders like manual right this is like the guide to worship it's like our the church's um, prophetic book of how to be a worshiper right how to be a, someone who gives thanks and praise to God right how to be sincere in your worship and everything like that like David a man after God's own heart right the book of Psalms is kind of like an authority on worship yeah would you agree okay so the final psalm of the book of Psalms actually says something extremely important it's the final word on worship in the book of Psalms. Okay, let me share it with you. It's actually Psalms chapter 150, verse 1. In the Passion Translation, it says, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise God in His holy sanctuary. Say, in His holy sanctuary. Praise Him in His stronghold in the sky. Say, in His stronghold. We're asking God to fill our sanctuary and break our stronghold. But God is commanding us through the psalmist to get into his sanctuary and his stronghold. Did you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength? The word strength there is actually the Hebrew word stronghold. The joy of the Lord is a stronghold. It holds you with strength. Praise him in his holy sanctuary. I know what we're trying to say. I know what we're trying to say when we say, Holy Spirit, come. That's fine. We're saying, Holy Spirit, fall. I get it. But let me just tell you, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? We know these things. But in our it's like we have information but not application sometimes. We know it, but we don't actually do anything with it, okay? We still say, come, Holy Spirit, like you're there way high and lifted up. We're here down low, and we need you to come from way up there to way down here. And if we pray and we sing the right songs, if we do it the right way, then, and especially the way we've seen it done before that was really successful by that other church over there that one time, if we do it that way, then you're going to come from there to here, and we'll be blessed. 
That's the opposite of what the final word on worship says in the book of Psalms. Praise him in his sanctuary. That means you got to get in his sanctuary to properly praise him. That means you have to start from heaven. Let me tell you, new covenant praise. You should write this down. If what I'm saying, like you need to study this or you're like the Lord's gripping you by this, you need to write this down. New covenant praise is from heavenly places, not for heavenly encounters. New covenant praise is from heavenly places, not for heavenly encounters. I, it's okay if we say, Holy Spirit, come. But you need to understand that you're, you should be saying, Holy Spirit, come. Take one drink of me and rivers of living water will flow from your belly, Jesus said. Holy Spirit, come out. Holy Ghost is locked up inside of a whole bunch of unbelieving believers right now. And we're supposed to say, come Holy Spirit. In fact, in order to say, come Holy Spirit, in Hebrew, it's Ruach HaKodesh Bo. Ruach HaKodesh Bo. And you can literally translate Bo, which is come, as come in or get out. Same word. Ruach HaKodesh, get out. We say, let the Holy Ghost go. So you can say, come Holy Spirit, as long as it's come Holy Spirit. Not, you're over there, I'm over here, come Holy Spirit. Because that's unbelief. This is proclaimed by the psalmist. This is good. Just let you in on something. This is good. He's so arrogant. No, I'm honest. Come Holy Spirit. When it's okay to say Holy Spirit fall as long as it's Holy Spirit fall. Holy Spirit fall upon them. That just means there's a little bit of distance between you and where you want it to be. Holy Spirit, I'm throwing it over there. Fall in the back of the room on Rick right now. Holy Spirit fall, you know? Come on. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. It's a promise. You're hungry, you're going you're gonna to eat. Holy Spirit, fall is fine. Holy Spirit, come is fine. But Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, come. We're down here. We need you. We're so desperate. No, you're filled with the whole fullness of God. What are you? Are you an unbeliever? <laughs> Holy Spirit, get out. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, be released because we praise him in his sanctuary in his stronghold in the sky we start there and we release it we're not saying your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we're saying your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven did you know that you're seated in union with christ right now if you think that's untrue, let me just tell you something. It's the word of God, and you have an unbelief issue. That's all it is. It's fine. Say, help me with my unbelief, Lord. That's fine. It's fine. Legal. It's okay. We're called believers. It's actually the most natural thing in the world for you to believe. You believe stuff all the time that's not true. It's so much easier to, to believe the truth because you're designed for the truth. You believe lies which are harder to believe than truth. Because you're designed for the truth. You believe lies all the time. Just turn your faith in the other direction. Fear is only faith pointed in the wrong direction. It uses the same muscle. What is faith? It's the conviction of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen, right? So if you are hoping for something, you're sure it's going to come, that's called faith. Fear is you're not hoping for something, but you're sure it's going to come. 
Faith is, I'm sure it's going to happen and it's going to be good. Fear is, I'm sure it's going to happen and it's not going to be good. You use the same muscle. This is good news. This is not, I didn't say this, it doesn't matter. This is for someone specific. Good news, if you're struggling with fear, you're a faith giant. If you're struggling with fear, you're actually a faith giant that the enemy is abusing and using for abnormal things. Abuse. Abnormal use. You're supposed to use that muscle that you're so afraid of things with to be so hopeful. Same muscle. That's good news. Amen? says, praise him in his sanctuary, in his stronghold in the sky. And the amazing thing is, in the moment of the shepherd's field, I actually see this in its, in its uh, inception. I see the beginning of the very first New Covenant praise party, all right? I see the beginning of the, guess what we're doing here? We're throwing a party every Sunday. We're, pray, we're celebrating the goodness of God. That's what we're doing. I don't know if you noticed, but it's usually celebratory. Because I tell Gigi, we're celebrating what he's done. That's our job. That's what we're doing. Okay, so we're going to come here and celebrate who he is and what he's done. But that was actually started by the angels in the shepherd's field. Let me read it to you. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation because I like it. And that's the only reason. Get over it. Luke 2, 1 through 20. During those days, the the Roman emperor Caesar Augustus ordered that the first census be taken throughout his empire. Quirinius was the governor of Syria at that time. I didn't go to Bible school. I started one. I didn't go to one. So Jesus, I'm sorry, Joseph and his fiance, Mary, left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, the victorious branch town, the region of Revelation. It's a throwback to last week. And journeyed to their hometown in Judea, to the village of Bethlehem. Say Bethlehem, because that's the proper pronunciation, Bethlehem. And that means house of bread. Beit, house, lachem, bread. Also means house of the warrior. Also means house of meat. The lamb that was slain, the son of David, the bread of life. Uh King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. God bless these people traveling, nearly ready to get birth on a camel. <laughs> Can you just see that? How crazy is that? When they arrived in Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Mary went into labor. When they arrived in the house of bread, Mary gave birth. And there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough. Say a feeding trough. Since there was no available space in any upper room in the village, everyone had to travel to his or her hometown to complete the mandatory census. Um, Yeah, I'm going to share that with you right now. Just press pause right there. I'm going to share a couple things because I'm running out of time. When it says there was no room in the inn, there's no room in the upper, in, upper room, all that stuff. That means there was only room in the lower rooms. It's where they kept the animals. It's called a mikdal, mikdal, okay? So the, those who shepherd flocks would live upstairs and have the animals downstairs, okay? And they, this is saying there was no proper staying place for people. They had to sleep among the animals, okay? That's what they're saying. So when you ever hear manger, you need to replace it in your mind with feeding trough. 
Let me help you with something. Let me help you. Ready? Take a deep breath. Take it. I need to hear it. Yeah, okay. That's good. The Lamb of God, bread of life, was laid in a feeding trough in the house of bread and the house of meat. The feeding trough is where beasts go to receive nutrients. You and I come to Jesus. He says, I am the bread of life. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. I told you to take a deep breath, right? I did, I did, okay. Thank you, sir. This is where beasts become divine carriers of the presence of God when they partake of the bread of life. Ooh. That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. Come on, we got to read these things with the right tone, right? Lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. That's not what it says. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them. That's not what it says. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. That's what it says. Awe filled. It was an awful time for the shepherds. But the angel reassured them saying, don't be afraid. For I have come to bring you good news. <laughs> the most joyous news the world has ever heard. I've come to bring you good news. It's the most joyous news the world has ever heard. I've come to bring you good news. Stop freaking out. It's the most joyous news the world has ever heard. Put a smile on that face. Come on. Like, stop freaking out. That's what they're saying. It is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Now, let me help you. The shepherds did not follow a star. The wise men followed the stars. They were astrologers and descendants of Daniel, guys. Daniel, wisdom beyond the ages, mapping the stars. There's a pure version to every perversion. When it leads you to the word, it's the pure version. They followed the stars. The shepherds followed the word. It says that you will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. They knew exactly what that meant. Because they, the, miracle, or, yeah, the miracle sign that the angel was talking about was something very familiar to them. This is called whew, mundane majesty. That's what this is called, where he takes your mundane and makes it majestic. Where he takes your ordinary and puts his extra on it and makes it extraordinary. Where he takes your natural and puts his super on it and makes it supernatural. Listen to me very clear, carefully. You cannot have the supernatural without the natural. All you got is super. You cannot have extraordinary without the ordinary. All you are is extra. 
And nobody likes somebody being extra. Oh, she's so extra. Where's my boy Zeke at? I know you talk like that. Where are you at? That's him. Yeah. He's here today. I love that guy. Yeah. Sometimes in our charismatic circles, we fight the ordinary. We fight the natural. Well, you're also fighting the extraordinary and the supernatural when you do that. God takes mundane things and makes them majestic all the time. You do your natural thing, he'll put his super on it. You do the ordinary thing, he'll make it extraordinary. This is mundane majesty right here. They knew this place. I'll tell you why. Because it is the place. When they, the angel said that, it is the place where they would lay the Passover lamb. They would lay the Passover lamb downstairs in a feeding trough and wrap it in the same strips of cloth to protect it for the day of sacrifice. Did you hear what I just said? The angel said, you will find the word of God, the rescuer of your soul, in the place where you protect the sacrifice of the lamb. In the place where you prepare the Passover lamb to be sacrificed. They protect it from the other animals. They keep it spotless without blemish in this same place. The shepherds knew exactly where to go because they knew that place. That's where they protect the Passover lamb. Are you hearing this? So good. I hope some wonder is being birthed, you know. Now here it is. This is the very first New Covenant praise service, praise session. This is, we're riding the waves of this moment. You understand? We're not starting anything. We're grabbing the baton. You understand? We're just being cheered on by the cloud. It says, then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appear. Say vast number. The very armies of heaven. And they all praised God saying, listen to this, glory to God in the highest realms of heavens. He got it. Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. Praise him in his sanctuary. The angels go, is it time yet? 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 It's time. Praise him in the highest realms. They enacted the very first new covenant praise. Very, very first new covenant worship service. Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're up here releasing the good news of the gospel. You're not down here begging for people to be saved. You're up here compelling the love of God down to the earth condescending it, sending it with passion into their hearts. That's what we're doing in here. You know your praise will shake a city. Like our worship is actually prophetic. We expect the city to get healed in our worship times. My team, we pray that way. We think like that. Mm -hmm. When the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, I'm just messing with you now. It's fun. <laughs> the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem. I love it. This word that is born in Bethlehem. And see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. Because the Lord reveals it to you before you see it. Amen. The Lord does nothing unless he first reveals it to his prophets. And you have become a prophet and a priest in the order of Melchizedek, the high priest of heaven, because of the baby laid in a feeding trough. 
as a feast for the entire world. It is right. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. They tell Mary and Joe all about the crazy. It's awesome. We were at this worship service. People were freaking out. It was amazing. We were the people freaking out. And it was just awesome. They were singing. It was crazy. <laughs> people ask for angels, but then when they show up, it's like, yeah. People ask for glory, but then when it shows up, you know, religious folks get nervous. People ask for joy, but when it hits, it's like, why are they on the ground? <laughs> uh, everyone, listen to this. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart because she's a good mama and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said. Amen. First worship service of the new covenant. New covenant praise is from heavenly places, not for heavenly encounters. Hmm. Tell you a quick story and then we'll be done. I was in L.A. Uh, it's hilarious. And I was at Hillsong. Uh, you know, the joy hits and you can say peanut butter and people laugh. It's great. I don't even have to be funny. It's awesome. I don't feel bad for people who try to be funny. I don't even try. I'm just, I'm just like, ah, and people laugh at me and I laugh at them at laughing at me and it's great. <laughs> it's good. I'm happy. I'm good. I'm good. Listen, I bless you. I'm so glad you're here, but I don't need you to come back. I just don't need that in my life. I want that for you, but I don't need that from you. I went to Hillsong, L.A., and it was awesome. I love Hillsong. They've done a mighty work in the world. There's no, I'm not saying anything bad against Hillsong. They've led millions to Jesus. I have no right to judge them for anything. They have led millions to Jesus. Yeah, millions Okay, and so, and the worship they've released and given us, given us language to praise the Lord with. Aren't you grateful? Come on, so good. We should honor our brothers and sisters down under, you know, in Australia, right? So, I went to this church. It was awesome. It was on the strip, the L.A. strip or whatever, and there was an they were in this amazing theater, and it was a great time. It was anointed. It was beautiful, uh, and we walked out. I did try to give a guy a word. He was really freaked out by that, but, you know. Whatever, he, he was very concerned for my sanity. It was great. Um, but I walked out, and as we walked out, Jamadi was with me. She can tell you there were all these different clubs and everything, and I could see, you know, people are coming out of the club wasted from the club, high on whatever, drunk on all that, you know, and they're just falling all over each other, and they're having a good time, quote, unquote, right? And they're just living it up, right? And... I'm standing there looking at that side of the street, looking at our side of the street, and we're all coming out really, you know, we look really nice. Shaking each other's hands. Good to see you, brother. I'll see you next week. I shake hands at the door because I love you. I want to look you in the eyes. I do. It's good. It's a joy of my day on Sundays. I like making contact with you. It says they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll fully recover. It doesn't say they'll pray for the sick. 
I'm shaking your hand to see you get healed, just so you know. Just, so, just expecting to hear reports. I got healed. I don't know when it happened. I'm like, amen. <laughs> Jehovah Sneaky, that's what that is. Jehovah Sneaky. It's Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Sneaky, all legal names. Anyway, so I see these people freaking out, having the best night of their life, you know, and I see these people just looking kind of bored. And I'm like, hmm. And I thought to myself, if those people saw these people coming out of this place, more like that, I bet they would ask what we're drinking. <laughs> what are you on? We say, there's ain't no high like the most high, brother. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you popping ecstasy over there? We got the purest grade ever over here of ecstasy. <laughs> it's the bliss of those who know their sins are forgiven. Oh, the bliss of those who know their sins have been wiped out. <laughs> Come on. If we started yielding and submitting to the joy of the Lord and had to roll out of here, that happened this weekend at the conference. It just happened. Like, I, like, we were, it was, I don't know. It was wild. I, I'll tell you this. This was crazy. I was praying for Gigi. I prayed for everyone who wanted it, but I was praying for Gigi, and I, I woke up on my back jumping off the ground. That she said, I, I fell. I was praying for her, and I fell, and I, it freaked me out. I just woke up. I wasn't standing anymore. I woke up laying down. I was like, oh, it scared me. It scared me. I lost time. I lost time. I, just, I don't know. Like, and then, seriously, I woke up from that, and I couldn't speak. I was struck silent last night. My wife will tell you, I, I felt really bad. I went to my dad's house to get my son, and he's like, how'd it go? And all I could do was weep. I, I tried to talk, and it was like, <laughs> just, all I could do was weep. And all the way home, I'm like, you're okay. You're fine. I'm driving the car with my two boys and my wife in the car. I'm like, you have to be fine. <laughs> Trunctional, you know? I'm like, you have to be okay. And I'm like, I'm not okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Seriously, all the way home. I don't know what happened in, in me. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Not some glory, full of glory. I'm just telling you about your destiny. Giving you a prophetic vision of your future. If we get this, that we're supposed to start from heaven, we will see the earth changed. I'm trying to teach you something. If we can start in heavenly places, we'll release heavenly things. But if we're begging for heavenly things, we'll never get to heavenly places. It's a good word. The Lord likes to tie a bow on stuff with me. And it just comes out of my mouth. I hear it. I'm like, that is so good, Jesus. It's really good. If we're begging for heavenly things, instead of going to heavenly places, this, will never, this place will never look like heaven. But if we start in heavenly places and release heavenly things, this place will look like home. So, I need the restoration team to come up here.
the prayer team. I need uh, Pastor Jimmy. Yeah, they're all, they're all, good luck. You can sit. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor Scott, not Jimmy, Scott. So I need the team to come up. And listen, this is just an invitation. We close this way every week on purpose, okay? We're organizing to defeat the devil. Some things in the kingdom, you're absolutely giving, given. Other things you have to pursue. Some things you're given, righteousness, all that, you know. Other things you actually have to go seek it out. The thing he reveals, you have to go seek it out in order to see it. So if you want some joy, we have some joy fountains down here. If you need some peace, you need some agreement, you need healing in your body, this team is trained and released into this kind of ministry with integrity. We do it on teams on purpose because we want to be held accountable to one another. They can't just pray whatever they want and curse you or any of that stuff. They can't do that. They will get kicked off, off the team. They will. We check what we, we, we inspect what we expect down here. I'm saying this because there's been abuse of these things, right? There's been abuse. I'm telling you, we labor towards safety in your encounter with the Lord in so much as it's our part, right? Like, it's not exactly safe to say, Jesus, come get me. It's not exactly safe. <laughs> Amen? Some of you know what I'm talking about, all right? But we, as far as it is possible with us, we want to be at peace with all men. And so we, we labor towards that. I'm telling you that. Maybe somebody needs to hear that. Because you need to walk over the boundary of your past hurt and your past trauma and come get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I mean, you just need it. I'm telling you, you need it. And these people will pray for anyone and everyone who comes up, and they will wait and pray as long as it takes. They will. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. For more resources like this, check out trptampa.com.